churches ain't paying fucking taxes, but I got to pay 35%. You know, airlines ain't paying taxes. The goddamn cruise industry just got $50 billion in fucking bailout after just getting a multi-billion dollar fucking tax cut two years ago. Hey everybody, it's Vince from Metal Sucks. Welcome back to the Quarantine Cast, where we are on quarantine, you are on quarantine, everyone is on quarantine because it's the crazy coronavirus pandemic times. You're doing nothing, neither are we, and neither are all the metal musicians that we love and follow all the time. So we've been checking in with them, seeing how they're doing, seeing what they're up to, how they're keeping busy. And today we have a very special guest, Rob Flynn from Machine Head. Uh, Rob, welcome, thank you for joining us. Um, can you tell us what, what are you doing to keep busy? Uh, you know, and what's the situation out there where you are in Northern California? Are people locked down? Are they obeying the rules? Uh, so on and so forth. Give us kind of just a, a picture of what you're up to out there. Um, I'm staying, you know, I'm staying relatively busy. I'm down here at my studio just writing and working on songs and writing riffs. And I've been doing these uh, acoustic performances once a week. And uh, sometimes I'm doing them on radio. Like I'll do like a Facebook live takeover and uh, I've done it on machine heads, socials and doing, I got a podcast called no fucking regrets with Rob Flynn. So I'm doing a lot, tons of those now. (laughs) Like everyone's available to talk now, which is great. And, uh, and, you know, just other than that, like really trying to just stay in shape. You know, I I find that like working out helps me uh, kind of my gym is closed. So we had to like refigure out. So now I wa- just walk around my neighborhood carrying tires <laughs> and, and dragging rocks, <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally style. like in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. I'm just carrying a tire and dragging rocks. But, you know, we bought a weight bench and so we've been doing some stuff with that and just trying to stay in shape and trying to stay positive and in a good mindset. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Um, is your family all right? Is everyone doing okay out there? Any like close calls with with the virus and the family, or or in your immediate we, circle? Immediate I mean, circle? my my family, my my family, family. My kids are out of school. They're probably out of school till December now, and like I'm sure yours are. And uh, that's been like homeschooling. Holy shit, man! <laughs> like it's freaking hot. Like <laughs> teachers, teach, teachers right there, deserve man. like five times as much money as they're making. Holy fuck, dude! It is, it, oh that's, God, it's a challenge, such a challenge. And I just don't think, you know, the biggest thing with the kids is like, they don't understand, like I'm at home. What do I need to do schoolwork for? Like, this is, this is the new school. Like, I, I don't know what to say, but this is what, like, this is what you got to do. So. Get used to it, kid. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like my, my kids are a lot younger than yours, but, uh, you know, with like, I just have so much respect, like you said, for the teachers who had to learn new platforms you know first it was zoom and then there was the yeah. security concerns and now it's google hangouts and they have to start all over yeah. and put together yes. lesson plans and you know and just like completely start from scratch it's just so totally. much respect for those people my my youngest he's 13 so he's in middle school and uh that they're actually really on it like really really on the zoom classes he's got them all day every day my high school student he's 15 He's a sophomore and they do not have it together. So it's kind of been this, you know, like emails about 
the homework he should do, which when you're 15 years old is <laughs> like amounts to nothing. Like all he wants to do, my son, my 15 year old's got, he's got two computers. So he's got one watching a movie, one playing a video game. He's playing hip hop on his phone while texting. Like it's just crazy three screen. Like I'm like, what are you doing? Like get it for hours a day. I'm like, dude. The, it's Crazy. the way of the youth, man. It's the multitasking. You know, you gotta, you gotta get like three, four screens going at the same time. If you're not doing that, what yeah. are you even doing? doing? Totally boring. It's just freaking boring. <laughs> so. uh, well, it sounds like you're you're hanging in there. So, are you having to get involved with with the teaching? You know, and like kind of make sure your kids are staying on task with their lessons and such. Definitely. I am. I, you know, I don't want to take the credit for that. My wife is definitely the one who's doing more of it than I am, but, uh, it's, it is, it has been a challenge and there has been, you know, arguments with the kids like, dude, you got to get up and do homework now. Like just put YouTube away and, you know, just do some, do some homework. And it is hard. Even trying to just get them out of the house to just do anything is a challenge. You know, like that's where my role has been more like trying to, okay, let's go shoot some hoops. Let's go, you know, go on a walk with the dog. Let's go on a bike ride or something. That's actually one thing I just bought. I just bought a bike for my oldest son and I have kind of commandeered the bike <laughs> because I went, I went and rode it the other day and dude, it's a mountain bike and we live in a pretty r- rural area. There's a lot of fire trails around where I live and dude, I went riding that thing and I was like, holy shit, man, I fucking forgot how much I love riding a bike. It's killer. Like it's so much fun. So I've been doing that with my youngest son and you know, on the weekends just cruising around and you know, it, it's, I think that is, I think that's going to be the hard part for for all of us is like keeping our mind active on quarantine i mean you know for for me like i never realized how much of a hermit i was until the world went on quarantine (laughs) like i don't really do anything like i'm fucking i you know when i'm off the road i work at home anyway you know like i or i come down to the studio i'm the sole proprietor of this place i'm at so like i could just come down here and just work i mean and that's basically all i do and that's it. <laughs> like, and so my life isn't really that different, you know, other than that I'm unemployed with no tours coming up and my wife's unemployed, but you know, even that's had its benefits. Yeah, well, I'm had, I'm having like twice as much sex <laughs> as I did before the pandemic. So I'm like, <laughs> it's not all that bad. Like <laughs> how long before, uh, you know, you get tired of that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. But that that that's good. I'm I'm glad you're staying busy and exercising too. Like like you mentioned, it's it's a battle to to just stay mentally engaged. You know, you gotta yes. kind of come up with things. Uh, you know, like for me, um, I mentioned to you before we came online here for for our listeners and viewers. Um, I am actually up in Woodstock, New York, right now, uh, not in Brooklyn where where we usually are. Um, I'm with my my wife's family. She grew up in this area, and and we're we're out in the woods at there's a lot of stuff to do here just on the property, you know, that a city folk aren't used to doing like just groundskeeping and landscaping and, you know, starting to get the garden ready for, uh, for the spring. Oh, that's killer. Uh, So, you know, which is something I I really haven't. A garden is an awesome thing. What's that? A garden is an awesome thing. Yeah. I'm really excited. Like I've never had that opportunity to do that before. Uh, you know, uh, like really from the beginning like this. So, uh, you know, I guess there's silver linings and, um, you know, I, I think it is important to keep the perspective that, uh, you know, we will 
we being me and my family, we will be all right. You know, we're like, my business has been affected and we can certainly talk more about that. But, you know, I think a lot of people just assume the, the internet will always live on and certainly it will, but uh, our advertising base is live show promoters and that's just gone. Right. You know, so uh, we're kind of freaking out, but my, my point is that, you know, we're, we're going to be okay. You mean Uh, being a metal sex uh, internet, web zine didn't make you a multimillionaire by this point uh well you you've seen my <laughs> my apartment so uh but um Chateau no uh, metal sucks <laughs> yeah we're, we're all getting rich in metal here that like that that's yeah. one of the, the the funniest things and kind of that's actually where i was going with that little aside is that there's folks who have it way worse than we do right now you know who are right. seriously seriously out of you know jobs and scrapping to to put food on the table and and so on and so forth. So I'm really trying to keep it in perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as uh, coronavirus affecting my life, I I am pretty certain. I'm I'm 99 certain that I had the coronavirus on the last U.S. tour that we did. Um, we went through. We played the New York show, and right after that, about four days after that literally every single person in the band and the crew came down with just fucking the, the most devastating fucking sickness. It was brutal. That's right. I remember you had to cancel. We had to cancel. Shows. We canceled uh, Detroit and we canceled Minneapolis. And uh, somehow I, and I managed to get through Chicago because it was sold out shows, a big payday. It was one of the anchors of the tour. And if we lost that show, we would have, we would have just had financial ruin. So I somehow managed to get through that. It was basically like an out-of-body experience like I don't even remember playing the show like I was fucking I slept for 17 hours and I was still bedridden I couldn't get out of the bunk like I Logan my guitar player who you've probably seen pictures of him and fucking the dude shredded I mean he's fucking he's in the best shape of any human being I know and fucking it he was like dude this is the sickest I've been in 10 fucking years like and and we went to uh, we went to an, an urgent care right before the before the the Detroit show because I just wanted to see if there was anything I could do to try and get through it. You know, I never want to cancel a show. I hate canceling shows, and I certainly hate canceling shows because I, my throat's gone or my chest like I've got a chest infection and I can't stop coughing, which happens sometimes. Not all the time, but uh, we went there to like, hey, just any medicine you can give me, and they were just like, you know, I was this was in the fucking ghetto. <laughs> like it was, it was fucking like that a security gate to just to get in. Like, you know, like you had to go like through the, the thing, <laughs> like it was, and yeah. they tested us out and, you know, they gave us a coronavirus test, but, uh, they got the results back in like 10 minutes and they're like, Oh yeah, you don't got it. And I was like, I, you know, this is even, this is like February. So the coronavirus thing hasn't even like, you know, people are still wrapping their heads around it. It hadn't even been declared a pandemic at that point. And, and so we don't think that we were tested, but we're pretty sure that we all, I mean, we're certain that we all got it. And then our tour manager who was devastatingly sick at the same time as us and got it, he went home and he got diagnosed in, when he got to the UK with the coronavirus, you know, flew home, oh, which wow. is crazy, you know, cause like flew home, no mask, no gloves, you know, who he could have infected people, you know, nobody fucking knows. Nobody had, there was no tests. And, um, 
you know, he had it. So we, we all think that we had it, you know, obviously here in the Bay area, you know, the whole Bay area, Chuck, Billy, Tiffany, you know, Will from death angel, Rob from death angel, Ted from death angel. These are all our friends, our homies. They all had it. You know, Will was in a coma for 12 days, which is fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. I was actually texting with them the night before they put him into the coma. Cause I was like, dude. And, um, you know, it, 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 it my aunt, my aunt Barbara uh, died of coronavirus. She was she was in uh, uh, what's it called? a nursing home called Gateway here in Hayward, and basically like thirteen people all got the coronavirus and all died. Wow! And uh, wow. you know she was she was pretty bad off. You know she was very sick and had a lot of lot of health issues. But you know yeah, I mean even and then even right after like r- the day that like all the lockdowns started happening in California, my stepmom passed away and I went up to be with my dad because he was just completely devastated, just devastated. And it came really, she'd had many health issues as well, but it came as a complete shock and happened very fast. You know, like within an hour of the ambulance picking her up, by the time she got to the hospital, she had passed away and it was just a shocking. And and that was, that was coronavirus or or this was, we don't, they wouldn't test her for a, 10 days to determine if it was coronavirus. We were, me and my stepsister were like, man, like this could have been coronavirus. Like we really, really want you to test them. Like, and they were just really pushing back on us. And we were like, what the fuck, man? Like finally my stepsister like lost her mind on them and they tested her and came back negative. But you know, in that 10 days, I, I was like, well, I was just with my dad you know, if he had it, if she had it, I don't want to expose my family and my kids to it. You know, so I went to go get a test and I went to Kaiser, which is where we go. That's where my, that's the hospital that I can go to. And, uh, and I, I gave him the whole thing. Like, you know, cause I, she, my wife had heard, like my wife's freaking out, like, Oh my God, you got to fucking get a coronavirus test. And I'm like, all right. You know, like I'll go. And so, she didn't want to let me in the house until I got a test. And she's like, they're having drive. I just heard that they're doing drive through tests in, uh, at Kaiser. So I go to Kaiser and, uh, and I go up there and I'm asking, I don't see it anywhere. And I go, Hey, where's the, is there drive through testing anywhere here? And the guy looks at me, he's like, what do you think this is Australia? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I was like, just what I heard, bro. Like, I don't, I don't know. And uh, I went over, you know, he sent me through, I had to go through literally five layers of people before I finally got to the uh, coronavirus kiosk, <laughs> which was literally like a chick with a mask and a kiosk. Wow, they're, they're really keeping that shit on lockdown. And, like, and I was like, just like, shall hey, not pass yeah. unless you are like wheezing and sputtering at the door. Got through her, went to the next stage, got through them, went to the next stage, finally got to the doctor. You know, they put me off in a tent, like I'm like a quarantine tent and I'm in there with like other fucking people who are coughing away. And I'm like, all right, finally go in the doctor. You know, we have a social distance conversation and he's like, well, do you have any symptoms? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, do you have a cough? I'm like, no, I, I feel fine. Like I, you know, I, I just, my mom, I told my whole deal. My stepmom passed away. I feel like I could have been exposed and I just, I'm trying to be a good citizen. And if I have been exposed, I will self quarantine away from my family and everybody else and just whatever, you know? So can I get a test? And he's like, no. And I was like, 
look, <laughs> like I just got, <laughs> you know, I just let me just say, like, I want to just let me just start this over again. Like I'm, I'm, I am completely willing to self quarantine myself because I am fearful that I may have been exposed. I'd really like to get a test. Can I get a test? And he's like, look, sir, we've got 400 tests for all of Northern California. I can't waste one on someone who isn't showing symptoms. And I was, my jaw hit the floor, dude. I was like, oh, four, there's 15 absurd. fucking, there's 15, 20 million people here in Northern California. That doesn't even include Southern California where there's like 25 to 30 million people or whatever. I was like, this is fucking crazy. And, uh, you know, it just really, he's like, you know, I'm like, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I really appreciate and respect your, uh, willingness to come in here and, and do the right thing. But, but I, I can't waste these tests. It's only for the people we don't, he's like, we don't have tests. We don't have tests. So that's so. absurd. Uh, you know and I yeah. mean? Given this was a few weeks ago already, but you know, and, and this is where we are and our elected officials are saying it's time to reopen the country. We don't have even close to enough testing to prevent people in situations like you were who might have had exposure to know or not, you know, and they're going, yeah. going to go out into the public and keep spreading it. And there's going to be another spike and it's going to be a disaster in, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can't, we, we don't have, we still don't have testing out here. I then had my friend, Joe, crummy Joe, got super sick, had all the symptoms. His girlfriend, Nancy, got sick, had all the symptoms. And then my other friend, who doesn't even know Crummy Joe, he also got sick, had all the symptoms. All three of them then went in to the hospital with the symptoms, everything, cough, fever, fucking... The three of them didn't get tested and they went to three different hospitals. Like three, like they, you know, the girlfriend lives in a different area, so she went to a different hospital. And I was like... What the fuck is going on, man? Like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Like, like we need fucking. Te- we should be doing fucking. You know, forty. We've done. I don't even. know. I can't remember what the number was. Is I just saw that one percent of the country has been tested. You know, one percent oh, wow. of the country has been wow. tested. You know, we should be testing twelve thousand people a day, at least. You know, like I think when Korea was South Korea was in their height of everything, they were testing. 12,000 people a fucking day. And it's, it's absurd. Uh, you know, and I, I just, uh, it's hard to imagine. I mean, like I said, the testing capability has improved thankfully since then, you know, but, but talking to all medical professionals, it sounds like it's not anywhere where it needs to be. Um, so I mean, the wait, the wait is still seven to 10 days you know, even after getting tested, right. Even after getting tested and like, let alone the antibody test, which they're saying like there's problems with now, even though it's starting to become available, you know, like who knows like, I think maybe I had it, but I don't know. You know, there's just like so many, I would love to know if I had you know, that would be awesome. I mean, I'm certain I had it, but it just to, just to like have for sure certain that I got the antibodies and that I'm, you know, well, it would you know, mean that you, you know, you back. could be the one to go to the grocery store for your family, for example. Yes. You know, if you had yes. it and they didn't, you know, that would presumably anyway would alleviate you of the stress of catching it there. Um, right. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so uh, kind of like pivoting this back to the music world, 
one of the conversations obviously that's happening with getting back to real life is when are there going to be concerts, you know, and how is this affecting the music industry? And obviously this hinges in with testing and so on and so forth. Um, But um, I think it's really interesting. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about is you're one of the few people in the metal community, at least a high profile person that people know who has been open about saying, guys, this is fucked. We're not going back to normal anytime (laughs) soon. Uh, You know, and meanwhile, you have all these bands out there, all these huge summer tours that haven't been canceled yet. You have Slipknot, Motley Crue, Rammstein, you know, like the list goes on and that's just for America. Um, why I've got tour dates on sale. (laughs) I've got rescheduled tour dates that we just put up. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. I mean, well, it (laughs) seems like you probably think those aren't going to happen. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so okay. Well, that that's a really interesting point because I had forgotten about that. So, like, when those rescheduled dates were getting rescheduled, like, what was the conversation happening between you and management and agents? Like, what was the rationale for doing that? Well, when we so the you know we're doing we're doing a uh, a. it's called a secondary market tour of Europe. We're doing like Eastern Europe. We're doing Russia. We're doing Greece. And then we got a couple of major markets in there, but you know, I don't know if people are that understanding of a tour, but like a tour is kind of based around like a couple of anchor cities. These are the big paydays that you rely on to kind of cut. And then the rest of it, you know, you're kind of filling in the space just to get, you know, some cases like we play a show, we're not even making enough to cover the day, but we're just doing it to stay busy and not lose money. You know what I mean? Like you play in a right. Huntsville, Alabama. It's a fucking awesome show, right? Crowds amazing. But, you know, like it's there's not there's not enough yeah, money. You're, you're in barely Huntsville. just making your nuts. You're, yeah, you're to, just, you know, yeah. Your crew, in some cases, gas, yeah, to pay your pay, exact the bus truck, you know, crew, you know, whatever, you know, and it's better than a day off because that means you're spending money for hotels and blah, 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 blah. So with this one, you know, the, the margins were already so slim on this thing. We were already losing money going into it. You know, we were just doing it for the fucking, you know, this is the 25th anniversary of burn my eyes. I'm like, I don't fucking care if we lose money. It's going to be fucking awesome. And I've this is going to be an amazing once in a lifetime experience. Let's just fucking do it. And like, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll make money somehow, some way and, and we'll figure it out. And if we don't, Hey, we all had awesome experiences because that's to me what life is about. You know, I don't want to look, I want to make money on every fucking tour that we do, but you know, it can't always be about that. Sometimes it's just going to fucking places just to fucking have an amazing experience. And so with that one, we lost, so we had two shows go pretty pretty early on. This was back in like February or March or whatever, like literally right after the right after the U.S. tour ended. And I was like, dude, I called my agent, my manager called my agent. We were like, fuck, man, like, I mean, the margins of this are already so slim. Losing this to- two shows, like, it's fucking gonna kill us. Like, it's gonna fucking, you know, we lose one more show, it, it's over. So yeah. like, look, it's going to be fine. Like everything's going to turn around, you know, like, the, you know, everybody wants to keep this like positive outlet, right? Like this is all, it's going to be over right, in a week. Exactly. And, and look in fucking February, 
it seemed like it was going to be over in a week. Nobody was like, oh, my God. Like, it, it wasn't did, even, yes. it wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't into pandemic mode yet. Like, the, the CDC we, we hasn't We had to see it, it to believe it. Even, yeah. like, having seen it in China and Italy and Spain. Like, it needed to, like, get here before we got it. Exactly. And it's like, look, fucking, it's going to be fine. You know, we're, like, don't jump the gun. Don't overreact. Like, you know, this is not, of course, naive to the fact, extraordinarily naive to the fact that this is, an unprecedented time. Like it's just fucking inside. I, you know, never, I've been on tour since I was fucking 19 years old. I've never seen anything like this, you know, like 30 something years of touring. Um, I, you know, a couple of days later, then it was five shows that were gone. Then a couple of days later, it was nine shows that were gone. Then a couple of days later, it was 13 shows that were gone. And finally, when it got to 13, I called up my agent. I was like, this is it. Like, the, you know, he's like, look, just hold on. And I'm like, th- I'm, there's no holding on. Like, th- look, all of these tours are going to get canceled. There's no way that any bands can, you know, Germany just went, you know, we, it was Spain and it was Portugal and it was, we didn't have any shows in Italy, but it was, I'm like, dude, we got to get the jump on the reschedule because that's when every other band is going to be trying to do this. You know, now everybody's going right. to move every single fucking tour that's in the spring and the summer into the fall and the beginning of winter. So let's try and get the jump on it now. You know, we've got 14 shows canceled. But as we were talking, three other shows went. So there was 17 shows. And it was like, dude, like, I'm making the call. Like, this is the call. Like, we're we're postponing the tour. And, you know, there was kind of talk like, hey, uh, you know, like, if you cancel the tour, it's not, there's going to be some expenses you get. You know, it's like, so it's like, well, okay, we'll postpone it. And, look, we still want to do the tour. You know, like, I... I wanted so when to, is the rescheduled tour October, November. So I was like, I want to do these dates, you know, like let's get the jump on rescheduling these and keep in mind, this is six weeks ago now, you know, this was when, you know, things are very different now. Miraculously, miraculously, my fucking booking agent lost his mind. Adam, you know, shout out to Adam Sanders for fucking just crushing it. <laughs> and, uh, Saunders, not Sanders. And, uh, he manages to book this, Dude, it's a two-month, you know, almost a nine-week tour through, you know, 24 different territories, you know, Russia, Finland, Greece, a very exhaustive tour. Manages to get, you know, avails, which, you know, w- not easy because avails on that short notice are insane. Avails means, you know, now when you book a tour, this is an, this is an interesting thing that I I can't recall a time when it was like this, but now when you book a tour... Every, almost every venue that you go to has like five or six bands that want the same day as you. And it's called a hold. They got a hold on the venue, right? So you go in and you're like, hey, I want to book uh, the Saturday night at uh, fucking New York, wherever. Oh, okay. Well, you're the 11th hold, you know? And it's like that wow. all over. And so then you got to start going, you challenge the hold. That's how you clear the date or don't clear the right, date. And you challenge them all the way up the line. All the way up the line. The 11 one. bands. Hey, are you going to take the date or not? I know you want to hold it, but are you going to take it? Because we want to take it and we're ready to move. If you're not ready to move, then get the fuck out of the way. You know, so, you know, you do that and dude, you know, he somehow managed to do this with five and six holds on every single fucking venue every single day. Puts this together and then, you know, as it's going on, you know, now three weeks pay- passes, four weeks passes, and we're like, holy fucking shit, man. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, every, you know, now, by this time, 
the entire world is on lockdown. And it's like, you know, we had some pretty serious conversations that like, are we going to continue to do this? You know, like how, how can we do this? And, and, you know, we, we made the decision because it was like, look, nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I, I've read a bunch of stuff and I got an opinion on what I feel is going to happen, but nobody knows what's going to happen. And, and, and we just got to be positive and think that this is going to work itself out and, you know, keep what we had in motion. I want to do the dates. You know, I want, you know, our fans want us to do the dates. I would love, I've been, like I said, I've been on the road since I was 19 years old. I don't know anything different dude <laughs> like this is it i don't want to go off the road for two or three you know i posted my journal you posted it like fucking all that yeah. shit i was like i don't want to do that <laughs> like you know yeah. like fucking i don't want to go right. off the road but my mind and everything that i've heard like is telling me that that might happen but we're gonna go ahead because look i could be fucking wrong you know like i could be wrong and we're just gonna move ahead and do this like like it will get sorted out, and hopefully it will. You know, fucking all my fingers crossed, toes crossed, fucking nuts crossed, everything crossed. I want this shit to happen, you know, but. Right, and if, if it doesn't, I guess what's the worst? Well, you know, unfortunately, your poor agent wasted all that time. He did. Challenging you know, 11 holds. And, you know, and look, there's a lot of money. Yeah, but, and there's a lot of money at stake. But he had to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of money at stake. People, you know, everybody wants to get paid, and fucking, you know, promoters want to get paid. Venues want to get paid. Agents want to get paid, you know, like. And we started talking about, and, you know, that was a, a whole other conversation that we started coming back with, like, hey, like. You know, first of all, I was pissed off at fucking Blabbermouth for fucking putting that, you know, they took like part of my journal and then like run with fucking all machine head shows canceled. Fucking promoters were freaking out yesterday. Like, what the fuck? Like, fucking, I'm like, look, you know, that headline could have just as easily been Rob Flynn goes off on fucking billionaires. You know, it could have been, you know, Rob right. Flynn, you know, ponders on the fucking Corona, you know, like cancels all fucking tours, you know, like he took my thing, took it out of context, didn't put the whole journal up. So it was very out of context, which is what he does a lot, you know, and he put a little, oh, you know, read the whole thing here. But, you know, nobody does that. You know, they just read what's there. And, you know, it it set off a whole, you know, kind of, you know, fire drill in our world. But then it also brought up a lot more questions too, you know, because then the promoters were freaking out and I'm like, well, look, you know, the venue capacities are going to be cut down by 50%, you know, restaurant capacities, bar capacities, public gathering capacities for, this isn't like me speculating. This is a fucking fact. Like this shit is those fucking things though know, if they do open and you know rock concerts and football and basketball that shit's going to be the last thing this is the most oh, non-essential the non-essential shit ever yeah. it's entertainment i'm an entertainer that's what i do like i am not it's like essential. people haven't even really like thought through the details of, of like what that would be like like even if venues are at 50 50- percent capacity or let's say 25 percent capacity you know you know as well as everyone people like to get close to the front and get up to the barricade you know and there's going to be and and people like to mosh you know and like there's going to be people doing that stuff even if they're told not to you know that's the problem you know and then what do you do about like and that's what we want (laughs) that's what we want that's like what the whole thing thrives on I don't you know, want motherfuckers like, going crazy, like fucking smashing up against each other. Down. Yeah, like what's your uh, like your your between song banter instead of like 
like, go fucking crazy. It's like, remember to, to stay farther apart, please. Like, please do not get into the <laughs> right, show at all. Right, right. Like, what, like, what is the environment <laughs> in which this even exists? Like, it makes no sense if you think about it. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I, I look at it and I'm like, it fucking sucks. But it's like, hey, like, if we start a tour and two-thirds of the tour gets canceled because those countries are shut down, what are we supposed – is it – what are we going to, are you still going to pay us? You know, like, are we, are we supposed to lose all that fucking money because we had to put up the, you know, are, are, you know, are you going to ask us to cut our pay because you got a 50% cut on your capacity now? So what do we got to take a 50% cut? Like, how is it, you know, like some of these questions aren't even being asked. It's just like, yeah, let's just get it going. It's like, well, but wait a minute, stop here. You know, we all know what is coming down the way. You know, this isn't fucking rocket science here. What, what I'm hearing from uh, some agents that I've spoken to is that a lot of venues are only offering door deals right now for these rescheduled Dude, shows. We did. Which, we had to do two door deals on our last U.S. tour, and this is before the pandemic. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had to do yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, it's we, like for a know, band. I don't, of... I, don't, I don't normally talk about this shit, but, you know, fuck it. Like, yeah, we've been doing fucking door yeah. deals. We've canceled tours. That fucking Children of Bodom tour that we were going to do that fucking ended up being fucked off, it was because there was six fucking door deals and they didn't want us to give us a guarantee. We were like, fuck you. We can't do this. Wow. Yeah, they wanted wow, to cut, I mean, they wanted to cut uh, the think... fucking rider. They wanted to give us water and fucking ham. We were like, fuck you. Oh, I mean, I think that, that's really for, you know, a lot of people to, to learn that a band at Machine Head's stature, you know, which I, I think most people would agree are like in the upper echelon of metal bands, that, that promoters aren't willing to offer you any, anything more than a door deal. For those of you listening who, who don't know what that is, usually uh, a band gets uh, a guaranteed amount per show, uh, especially yes. for, you know, for bigger bands. And, uh, but a door deal would be like just a percentage of ticket sales from the very first dollar. And the downside yes. of that from a band's perspective is that the, the thinking is that the promoter doesn't have as much uh, motivation to do their job and promote the show because the promoter doesn't lose money if the show sells less tickets because they're just paying. Yeah, and not them. even that, you just don't know how much money, you know, you, you try and book a tour based on the amount of guarantees and you go, okay, we can afford this or not afford this. You know, like if it's all door deals, right. You don't know what you're fucking. You don't. You don't know how much money you're gonna make until almost the damn near the day of the fucking show. <laughs> you know, and you're trying to book a tour. Right. You know, like I said about the avails, dude. We got to book tours, European tours. We book, and granted, we're bigger in Europe, so we have to. You know, we're playing bigger venues. We're playing five thousand seaters sometimes. You know, we're booking it a year in advance, and there's still we're still a fifth or sixth hold a year out. You know, we're doing wow. U.S. tours. <laughs> eight months out and then dudes are like yeah well we'll give you a door deal and it's like yeah we how are we supposed to project you know this could be a this could be a day this could be the last show of the tour right the last show of the tour so you're literally projecting 10 months ahead and going yeah well i don't know how much money i'm supposed to be fucking making at this point and sometimes you do like i just fucking rolled the dice this time i said look fuck it i know it's going to be fine you know i'm a you know shit goes good for us more often than not, you know? And even when it goes bad, it goes good. So I'm just going to fucking trust that this is going to go good, you know? And it did. It was fine, you know, but we lost money on the tour, but it was an amazing fucking tour. It was a great experience. And those type of decisions are hard to make. You know, that uncertainty that you live with being in a band is 
ever-present. It's ever-present. There is no security in this job. There's no... Your fans base could fucking up and leave you tomorrow if they don't like fucking the next record you put out. Like, people could get hit by fucking, you know, a recession or whatever, not be able to afford to go to shows. So, you know, that guarantee means, okay, like at least I got an idea about what kind of loss or what kind of profit we're going to make. And, you know, and, you know, look, there's been plenty of tours where we made shit tons of money. There's been fucking plenty of tours where we lost our fucking ass, you know, and that's just the way it is being in a fucking band. You know, like I said, I'm, I like money. I like money just as much as the next guy. But I love experiences, and that's a huge part of why I'm in a band. You know, music does something for me and connects me to an audience like I, nothing else really does. I write songs for a living. That's what I do, and I'm always writing, and I'm always out there doing it, and lucky enough, I've found an unbelievably dedicated fan base who fucking stands by me through thick and thin. The fucking shout-out to the head cases because they're fucking amazing, and you know, but there is those risks and those risks don't get easier. In fact, as you get bigger, those risks are harder, right? You got more you know? people to support. You got, you know, and bigger you stage more, show, more, bigger yeah. crew, you know, bigger exactly. bus or multiple buses or, you know, totally. whatever. I mean, we're not, you know, I've never been the dude, like I live a pretty humble life, you know, like my, even throughout all of this, I've been in machine has been around for 27 years, you know, when we've been a, very successful band. You know, I've lived a very humble life. You know, I've never went out and bought fucking Lambos and fucking bought fucking diamond. You know, like I've just, that's just been not my thing. You know, I took my family on a shit ton of vacations. You know, I went out to the fucking bar and got all my friends drunk and blew <laughs> way too much money. And I'm not good with money. Like I'll be the first to fucking admit it. Like I'm terrible with my money, you know, like I'm terrible with money, but you know, like it was, it's been something that, you know, I've enjoyed. And even as you go, you learn more and more along in your life, how little all these things are that really life is about experiences. And the band is just one part of all that. And so we just try and keep that going because to me, music is about a connection with people. And that's all it's ever been about. It's about a connection with people. Well, well, why do you think it is that uh, the more people, uh, you know, I can only speak to the metal scene, uh, but more people in the metal scene aren't as open about these kinds of issues, uh, you know, because I feel like right now there's, you know, like I said, all these tours that have yet to be canceled, but it seems a near certainty that they will be. But you don't really see guys like, you know, Corey Taylor or, you know, Randy Blythe or like Tommy Lee uh, is a great example. Like Tommy Lee was out there saying like, yeah, the tour is happening. You know, like, why are the, why are these people? Not I got to say Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee's rant on Trump was so fucking funny. It wasn't his <laughs> rant. It wasn't his rant. It was a copy and paste. Oh, it wasn't? Yeah. It was was some, it really? Yeah. It was a copy paste. Somebody else wrote oh, it. Yeah. 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 Tommy Sorry to Lee, burst your bubble. The fuck? Um, but uh, like, why aren't people being more honest? Well, whoever wrote that rant, that was a good rant. That was funny. It was good. It was very good. <laughs> um, you know, like, why aren't people saying that they, you know, yeah, this situation is terribly screwed up. We're probably not going to tour till 2022. Like you said, you know, you're like really one of the only musicians I've seen approach the subject. Because yeah, nobody wants to deal honest. with the blowback that I just been be been dealing with for the last two days, <laughs> right? Right. You know, I just I don't know. I got to fucking, you know. Like I said, 
I'm hoping the tour happens. And I think that's what everybody wants. You know, I, I think that there is, you know, we want to give people hope, you know, even if it's a false hope, you know, like to some degree. And that, and I think a lot of it is like, we want to give people this false hope that it, that it is going to be all right. And, you know, I don't want to freak people out. You know, I, I, I got to say, you know, I, I, the the reaction that I got from that, from my fans, from Machine Head fans, from the head cases, was so fucking overwhelmingly positive. Thank you so much for fucking just spelling it out. You know, like I get asked every day, dude. Every every fucking you know, I'm pretty active on social media. Every fucking post, every day. Are you coming to this town? Are you coming to that town? Are you coming to my country? Are you coming to it? When are you going to come back to here? When and I'm you know and every day. You know, I'll, I'll answer the people like, Hey, tickets are still on sale. You know, we're planning on coming there. We want to come down there. Fuck. Yeah. I can't wait to fucking rock out with you. I can't wait to rock out with you, you know, but look, I'm not going to paint some fucking Disney story here for you. Like it, it may not have your country may be still on lockdown. You know, of course that shit doesn't get picked up because that's fucking boring. Right. You know, like that's not, ex- that's not exciting headline. You know, Rob Flynn reassures fan that, <laughs> that they're still going to come. <laughs> like, you know, like, but Rob Flynn reassures Chechnyan fan. That yeah, show will happen. Right, right. The, 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 the Czech Republic show it's happening, man. But look, because I want it to happen. I, like I said in the fucking journal, I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. Everything that I've seen up until now, everything that I've read, everything that I've listened to, every podcast tells me otherwise. It's not, and that's not to say that in the next few months, my opinion can't change. My opinion very well may change. Three months from now, I may completely pivot and go, hey, you know what? It really is okay. Let's fucking do this. And fucking awesome. We've got shit lined up. Right, sure. and we, and but if it the, doesn't, you know, the, but the if it doesn't. Experts have been wrong about things already. You know, to, totally. to some extent, there have been, you know, the projections totally. for deaths were uh, thankfully higher than, uh, or uh, the projections were higher than the actual higher, deaths yeah. ended up being. And uh, that's a nice thing to be wrong about. So, you know, I guess so, there's hope totally. towards being wrong about other things, is what you're saying. For sure. But, and, and I think that, that you know, everybody's going to, we, we reached that point much earlier. Our show is supposed to, we were supposed to be on tour right now. You know, we, so we had, we had to cancel our show back in March because that was, you know, we had to make that call then. And that was a month out from our tour dates. You know, whenever we get a month out from these tour dates, maybe these people will start talking about it. I'm certain that all the bands that you just named are all having these conversations. And look, people are already pushing the records back. Hate breed just pushed the record back, you know, lamp per- indefinitely lamb of God rescheduled yeah. it to June which, you know, I also think is a smart move. I think it's a smart move what Hatebreed did. I think, you know, they're right. They they took a loan from a record company, and they got to pay that loan back. And they got to do it at a time when people are able to buy records or they're never going to be able to pay that loan back. You know, people, you know... I, you know, I call it Led Zeppelin syndrome. You're like, everybody's kind of like, you know, Led Zeppelin did the whole fake it till you make it thing. And like, then they just, every song was a bit, you know, it was just, especially the last three or four years of Led Zeppelin's career was just this endless stream of luxury and success and just projecting success. Right. And you know, like there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I think even you said that to me at one point during the last thing, like you gotta, you know, you gotta project success. You know, you don't dwell on your failures, you project success. And I think that this 
you're absolutely right. You know, every rapper out there is projecting success. I think it's a little different from metal bands in that we don't have that like bling to. It's not really in the culture. Yeah, it's not the culture to, to have to, yeah, to boast about your success. To boast about yeah. your Lambo, to boast about your chain, to boast about your twenty thousand dollar watch. You know, like or your fifty thousand dollar watch or whatever. And uh, you know, so so I think that, but you do got to project it somehow. And so I think that kind of positive mentality that, yeah, this is probably going to get fixed is, is okay to project, you know, cause look, they could be right. And those dates will still be there. My mind for me, I have slept so much better. I have been so much less anxious. I have been so much less fearful of the future by accepting that shit probably is fucked up until 2000, you know, 21, at least, you know, it's made me go into a whole different mode of thinking because quite frankly, we have to, you know, our, our lives are never going to be the same from this moment. Think that, you know, it, it's going to be a bloodbath for certain parts of our industry and it's already going to be starting to happen. You know, I was just hearing about how a bunch of venues are already selling off all the brand new PA gear and the lighting gear oh, that wow. they just fucking, that they just invested in, re, you know, reinvested because that's what being, that's what doing this type of thing is. It's constantly, you know, everybody thinks, you know, and I, one of the reasons I wanted to say the thing about being humble is that, or my living humbly is that machine head has constantly been about reinvesting into the band. You know, there's never been a fucking, you know, a couple of my ex-members, you know, they got fucking multiple houses and whatever, and then they fucking, you know, went crazy and then lost all that shit. And, you know, like, I've never wanted to do that. You know, like, it's always been about reinvesting into the band. It was something that Steve Harris said very early on in Iron Maiden's career. We have to reinvest into Iron Maiden constantly. And I remember those fucking words that I read in a magazine they hit me like a ton of bricks. He's like, he's fucking right. This is about reinvesting constantly. Bigger shows, bigger production, bigger stuff. It's not about me getting a fucking diamond watch. It's about giving a fucking crazier show, more pyro, more whatever, more whatever to make it fucking something incredible for fans to experience. And, you know, knowing that that isn't going to happen, it, you know, it fucking rattles you. You know, the thing that does let's face it, generates the most income, hands fucking down, is going on tour in this day and age. And to know yeah. that, to know that that isn't going to happen and know that I got to start thinking, you know, or just end thinking of other ways to do it has made me sleep better at night. It's made me more calm. It's made me able to focus more and not fucking just want to get completely shit faced every day and not think about it. You know what I mean? Like, well, you're right. It, uh, you know, and it's not only that, but the live touring economy drives the entire music industry at this point, yeah. you know, for like it, you know, record labels and bands time their releases around when they can tour instead of the opposite, which used to be the case. Uh, you know, obviously there's like crew and, you know, and drivers and, and those kinds of people, uh, like I said earlier, media, you know, our economy is based on it. Uh, merchandising, same thing. Bands move huge amounts of yeah. merchandise on the road, uh, way more than they do online. Totally. And you got to, you know, you know so like, when you go and when you go on tour, you know, I don't know how many people know this either, but like one of the reasons that we canceled the tour a month out was because it had reached that point 
where we had to start putting all of the down payments on yes. the merchandise. We own our merchandise, so that's a money that money that comes out of our pocket. You know, we had to put down payments on the bus, down payments on the truck. Like we're not going to get that shit back if a tour fucker goes. You know what I mean? Like it was either hey, we fucking put the money down now or fucking lose it, and that's why it's like. You're going to go on this tour, and then what happens? Two-thirds, third of the way into the tour, you're going to get that. Are are we going to get our money back for the buses? Are we going to get our money back for the trucks? Are the agents not going to take their commissions because the tour fell apart? Or is it all on the band to eat it, or is do we all eat it? Like, what, you know, there's a lot of questions out there it's, about yeah, how it's, it's all it's going to fucking work. It sucked, you know, and, and there are even greater challenges sometimes. Uh, in uh, an episode of this podcast that hasn't been published yet, uh, I spoke with Sven, the singer from Aborted, who are, uh, you know, a well-known band in the metal world, not as big as Machine Head, not even close. Yeah, they they spent like rad shirts. They spent, uh, I, I believe, what he told me. I could be wrong. I think he said forty thousand dollars on merch before the tour. They didn't get to go on tour. They're stuck yeah. with forty thousand dollars of merch. Dude, Thankfully, it didn't brutal. have the tour dates on it. Uh, you know, then on top of that, visa fees for a European band to come and tour the U.S. Oh, yeah, Ten thousand totally. dollars. Those visas yeah. only are good for a year. Down the drain. Dude, I, I, I just to add on to that, you know, we're at, we're at the level where we have to have insurance on everything. Like insurance. I'm spending $1,500 a month just so I can throw guitar picks into the fucking audience when I'm on tour. I'm spending 3000 a month so my drummers can throw drumsticks into the fucking audience. Think, wrap your head around that much money. That's $50,000 in a tour cycle, you know, like a year-long tour cycle that I just spent... Mm-hmm to throw out sticks and picks, you know, and that doesn't even include <laughs> insuring all the gear, you know, it doesn't include, you know, fucking, I, you know, we're, everything has to be above board, man. You know, like when a band first starts, sure. Like fucking, you know, when we were first coming out, like, yeah, like everybody fucking, you know, does some shit to kind of fucking, you know, Peter pay Peter to pay Paul here and there. Not at this level. Like everything's got to be above board. They're fucking up our ass with everything. So fucking every, you know, we got to put into the unemployment we got to put into fucking for our crew like everything you know like it's everything has to be above board there's so much money that goes into just the startup of a tour you aren't even making money on a tour until like three to four weeks into a tour you know you're just in a hole and then you eventually finally come up and then that just rides out because it just you know, you're spending 10, 10 grand a day and you're making 10 or whatever, you know, do the math, you know, like yeah. it's, it's fucking crazy. So, so what, I mean, what I know that thy, thy art is murder. Know? I felt really bad for them. I, I spoke, I had a Patrick from fit for an autopsy on art on my podcast. And he was telling me just how much money they lost. You know, they were, they got to the first day of their tour and then everything went into lockdown. They had to cancel it. They had spent shit tons of money. They had also invested a ton of money into the fucking merch. Thy Artist Murderer, though, did the same exact thing, but had to come from Australia, fly all the way there, fly their gear, buy the merch, put everything and fucking, you know, I like when he broke down their thing. Yeah, gear I, rental, I, I, visas, the whole thing. Dude, yeah. I, I was, I was, I felt really bad. And I, th- I honestly like shout out to Thy Artist Murderer. I thought that they did 
they straight up, like, they just didn't give a fuck. They were just like, hey, we're just going to put it out there. We just lost our fucking ass on this. You know, like, we need you guys to buy our merch. Support us, please, any way that you can. Like, anything helps. And 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 I really admired and had a lot of respect for the way that they fucking put it out there. Like, you know, it was tough, I'm sure. And it was brutally honest, and that was rad to read. So let's say there is no touring until... 2022 let's just say or even uh you know a year and a half fall 2021 like the experts are saying uh what does that mean for bands what does it mean for metal what does it mean for you you know how, how are people in, including you going to stay afloat during a very long time where there's at least that we figured out so far there's really no way to to make money i mean i've got i've got some money set aside you know, that I, that I can live off of for a while. My wife's unemployed. I'm basically unemployed, but I could do that. If I, once we go through, you know, the band has a war chest to kind of live off of and pay our bills and our storage and, you know, rehearsal room and all that shit. Um, you know, and, and after that, I don't know. I don't know. You know, One I, step I, at a time, I look, guess, I, right. You, you know, know I, I, I have seriously contemplated, that yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna have to get a job, you know, like I'm gonna have to go to Costco or one of these big box stores that might be open. I you know I don't know. I mean I have, you know I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and give you a woe is me tale. Don't feel sorry for me at all. I'm I'm doing all right for a little while. There's a lot lot of motherfuckers out there that are in way worse. 22 million people just filed for unemployment. It's probably going to be 26 to 27 million come Thursday when we know the figures. And those people got it bad. Those people got it rough, way rougher than me, you know? And so, you know, that's the people that we should be concerned about, you know? And that's the people that I am, you know, even my fucking crew, I was just talking with my crew this morning. Like, you know, we're trying to figure out something that we can do for them to kind of give them some money. There's a couple of other funds out there that through uh, the Grammy Association and Live Nation that uh, that are offering, you know, I think it's like 500 to a thousand bucks or something. But I think, you know, at this point, like every little bit helps, you know, so, you know, I'm, you know, I think that that there's going to be a lot of changes coming up. And, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of people that move on from, you know, the music industry and like everybody thinks <laughs> bands are millionaires, right? <laughs> like every, right some yeah. other, I just posted something today. Some motherfuckers like you're a millionaire fucking, you know, what the fu- fucking you chip in. And I put some fucking thing about how we need to tax fucking churches and shit. Like, motherfucker, what, like, motherfucker, I, I'm a, fu- uh, you know what a band is? The band is the shittiest business setup in the fucking planet earth, dude, the worst business structure. And, and we're not allowed to be any other structure. You know, a band is an S corp, the shittiest fucking corporation there is. We're not a C corp like Apple or Pepsi or fucking Microsoft or anything that can fucking do all these fucking write-offs and pay zero fucking. No, we're a fucking shitty S corp. We got to do, we got to pay all the fucking taxes and get none of the benefits. You know, like it's crazy. And we fucking freak out about this all the time. There's been, you know, every dollar that comes into me, I got to pay 35 cent, 35 cents on. There was a couple of years back in the Bush junior years where they had that like marriage tax or whatever. Like if you were married, but didn't own a house and have a kid, you got this like penalty. It was called the marriage tax or whatever. 
It was 50%. Every dollar that I got, if I made 100 bucks, I had to give 50 bucks back to the government to fucking, because I didn't own a house or have a kid, but was married. I'm like, what the fuck is that shit? But you motherfuckers ain't paying for, Jeff Bezos just made $13 billion at fucking Amazon last year and paid zero, zero fucking taxes. Insanity. You know, like, yeah. Like I'm fucking, I've been raging on the fucking these well, yeah, anti-lockdown I mean, protesters. Like fuck you, motherfuckers. But you know, on the other hand, I understand they're frustrated. They're frustrated with the fucking system. I'm like, you're fighting the wrong enemy, man. Don't be fighting to go back to work to get your other fucking the other people around you sick. Maybe get your family sick. Maybe you get sick and fucking die. No, fight the goddamn system that is, you know. Churches ain't paying fucking taxes, but I got to pay 35%. You know, airlines ain't paying taxes. The goddamn cruise industry just got $50 billion in fucking bailout after just getting a multi-billion dollar fucking tax cut two years ago. But they're all registered in the Cayman Islands. They're all registered in the fucking Bahamas. They're all registered in fucking no place, and they don't pay any fucking tax. But we got to bail them out for 50 billion. Motherfucker, give us that 50 billion. Give all the those people in that that just filed for unemployment that fucking 50 billion you know we suddenly came out yes. two trillion dollars of our tax money that you know, that money that came out of the federal reserve that wasn't just like out of donald trump's pocket or anything like that was our tax was money, money that, that we've we been paying paid. for fucking yeah. decades now you know, and yeah. they're just giving it fucking back to help, you know, bail out the fucking airline industry. And then, of course, the airline industry just fired a bunch of people, even though they just got bailed out. I'm like, you know what? Here's some real simple fucking math. We've got 350 million people in America. 190 million people are of working age, 18 to 64. And, you know, let's say people work later. Let's ta let's just say for the fucking sake, we, we want to do like Canada or Denmark or Scandinavia or and all these fucking countries are doing, paying 90% of people's wages, 80% of people's wages in a lot of cases. Or let's just say like Canada's doing $2,000 a month for four months. Let's say $2,000 a month for six months. That's $12,000 times, and there's uh, the people that are of working age are 18 to 64. There's 190 million of them. That's $2.3 million. Two, sorry, $2.3 trillion. Round that up to 2.5, just to figure for whatever fucking bullshit needs to be. That just gave every single person in America the ability to stay at home fight this pandemic safely, flatten the curve, not worry about fucking protesting because you need to go back to fucking work because we get it, you're fucking poor. And that gives you $2,000 a month for six months straight. And that's our tax money. That's our tax money coming back to us that my grandfather and your grandfather and my father and your father and all the people that came before us put into a fucking system. You know, like we're fighting the wrong goddamn end and then turn around and hey, while we're at it, since we're in a giant pandemic and hitting this fucking reset button here, tax the fucking NFL, tax the fucking churches, tax Jeff fucking Bezos's Amazon company who's making fucking all kinds of this shit ton, billions of dollars Crazy and paying right zero. Tax all these fucking billionaires. Fucking get rid of this goddamn fine art loophole that all these fucking multi-billionaires are using because they're buying fine art. And fucking restart this shit. Yeah, Rant man. over, sorry. Um, <laughs> I got a little disagree, shit disagree makes with any of that, dude. man. I mean, 
I think you're right. You know, I mean, it's capitalism. This is this is America right now. And uh, yeah, and fucking do Medicare for all. (laughs) Like, yeah, disaster like this really exposes the need for something like Medicare for all. And, you know, it really just lays bare the problems that you just illustrated. It's just yeah. all right I mean, you know, the thing, for everyone to see. The, the thing that's to amazing see. to me too is that you know, and I and I, I, you know, look, I'm fucking heated up right now, and I've fucking been pissed off about this shit, and I'm still pissed off about this shit. But you know, there is a silver lining. You know, there is, there is, amazing things that are happening as a result of this pandemic. You know, people getting a fucking twelve hundred dollar socialist check. Motherfuckers would have been up in arms two months ago. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's like, hey, $1,200. I'm fucking ready to cash that $1,200 socialist check. You know, people were now saying that we will cover all those COVID insurance costs. By the way, I just got hit for a $300 bill from Kaiser for going in for the test they didn't fucking yep. give me. Sounds about right. <laughs> which I'm going to fucking fight. To th- I'm like, Mother- what? motherfucker, you didn't even test me. But, you know, that's that's a step that is right there. That's our socialist. You know, like everybody loves our fucking fire department. That That's socialism. Everybody loves police department. That's socialism. Everybody loves mosquito abatement. When that guy comes and he kills all the mosquitoes and keeps everybody from getting West Nile virus and fucking that's all fucking socialism. Sure. We've got how tons about, of how fucking about the post socialism. office? It's, yeah. it's subsidized, you know, by the cost of yeah. postage, but yeah. that's a federally the, run program. I can't, I'm that fucking livid about that. Support. And everybody's like, hey, they're not yeah. making fucking money. Not everything needs to make money, you know? Like, there can be a safety net. I can tell you what, if we, ha- you know, we own our merch, we own our online store. If we had to switch over to fucking FedEx or fucking UPS to do our fucking shipping, dude, get ready to pay four times as much. Get ready to pay yes. four times Been as there. much as the post office. Do you want that? Yeah. No, this is a system that is enshrined in the Constitution. The post office is enshrined in the Constitution. It doesn't need, you know, does the def- Department of Defense turn a fucking profit? No. <laughs> you know, like we've got all kinds of systems and they don't need to turn a profit. They can just be there so that people can fucking use them. This whole like everything has to be for profit mentality that corporations have steered us toward and fucking billionaires and Wall Street has Wall Street has steered us toward is fucking psychopathic. It's fucking insanity. You know, I just I, I posted a thing on my Instagram the other day. It was uh, 18 million people file for unemployment and stock market hits a new high. I was like, this is right. Um, everything oh, yeah. that that's was, wrong that with America in one fucking image right here. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's, it's, Just because the yeah. stock market's doing good don't mean you're doing good. Don't mean I'm doing good. You know? Fuck. It's, it's, it's insanity. But, but uh, we're starting to see those things. We're starting to see those little those little things that seemed fucking crazy to crazy bernie was spitting out two months ago they don't seem so crazy now do they you know like we as a society as a group worldwide group of citizens we need to look out for each other you know we we need to look out for our brother you know we got a fucking privatized fucking prison system where fucking the more people you got in there the more money these corporations are making like we need to end that fucking bullshit you know we need to make a safety net for people there's a safety net is a good thing because things happen things happen people want to work 
People want to be productive. People want to contribute to the society. I honestly believe that fucking people as a overall whole are good. They're inherently good. We need to be able to have that for all fucking walks of life. And even now, just those little things that I'm seeing. I've been wondering. I've been, I pontificate on fucking shit sometimes when I'm like laying in the middle of the night in my bed. I'm like, when is the fucking fossil fuel industry just going to fucking up and die? Like, what's it going to take for the fucking, for, for people to just, you know what it's going to take? A fucking pandemic. <laughs> It's going to take, <laughs> right. and motherfuckers yeah, are like going to be like, oil futures yeah, and yeah, negative like, dollars. Yeah, and be like, whoa, maybe that fucking Tesla electric car ain't so bad after all. You know, like fucking, like we got to fucking well, I, You know, the, the, the cynic, you know, and I think certainly to some extent you are. Uh, the cynic in me says like, well, and all these kind of hopeful moments in the past, it seems that change only moves incrementally and that, you know, the, the capitalist uh, like the ruling class, really, the, the, the rich folks kind of, you know, they, they are in power, so they keep power. It is set up yeah. that way so that they stay in power and create policies that benefit them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you it know, is, I'm not it so is, sure. It's, it's, it's a, it is a group of billionaires and trillionaires who make the decisions and make the loss and we've we've enabled that because we have this strange hope that one day that's going to be us and so if we're a fucking billionaire i don't want to have to only, pay if taxes. only we work hard enough if and I, pull, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps yeah when mo- when fucking when most wealth is inherited you know it's billionaires passing money to other billionaires their children you know, that, that, right. that, like maybe, that maybe somebody had a good idea like 150 years ago to, you know, like build a railroad. And that was sure. like the last time anybody actually yeah. made Steve an jobs, you know, Steve jobs. Then, right? Yeah. You know, like, right. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but that's give so, that, give that guy some credit. so <laughs> few and far between, you know, when you're looking at, you know, hundreds of millions of people that there isn't that. And that, you know, that we, that, you know, somebody just posted, I posted a thing about how we need to tax the billionaires. And he said, well, we don't need to tax the billionaires because they give money to the hospitals and to the roads and to the charitable foundations. I'm like, you do realize those are all tax write-offs, right? (laughs) Those are all tax write-offs, right? You understand that they are also getting an additional tax write-off by doing that. You know, I tell you what, I got to, like I said, I pay taxes and I ain't a fucking millionaire. You know, like everybody thinks I'm fucking in a, I'm not a fucking millionaire. Like, are you kidding? I've made, sure. I've made a couple of million dollars probably in since the beginning of machine head. Do I have a million dollars in my bank now? Fuck no. I play in a metal band for fuck's sakes. You know, like I play in a metal band, like whatever delusions the, back to the Led Zeppelin myth, you know, the, I blame it on Led Zeppelin, you know, like the, every band's just fucking killing it. You know, like I tell you what. I'm happy to pay 30. If I was a millionaire, even if I was a millionaire, let's say I was, let's say I am a millionaire right now. I'm totally happy to take $350,000 of my money and set it aside for taxes so that roads can get fixed and your kids can go to school and my kids can go to school and we can have a fire department and we can have fucking a safety net and we can have what, whatever the, I don't give a fuck. My problem is when I got to pay 35%, but the corporations don't. 
or the billionaires don't, or even the multimillionaires don't because they found out some way to fucking work the system. That's the shit that I'm fucking, no, no, if I got to pay it, you got to pay it and you should pay it. No, this benefits everybody. You know, it benefits everybody for everybody to be healthier, for everybody stronger, for everybody to fucking be more equal. It benefits the world. You know, well, well, I hope you're ready for four more years of Trump because that, that's what, <laughs> what I think. Well, I think yeah. we're oh, yeah. going. No, I, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's going to, you know, even if, even if, uh, I mean, Biden, Jesus Christ, Biden, oh, yeah. he started on Biden. What a fucking mess. Jesus Christ. I know. I fucking know. He's, he's yeah, a mess. He's a yeah. fucking, he's a mess. Like, there's uh, nothing. Well, we, we could do a whole other most... podcast on just these clowns, yeah. you know. I mean, we, yeah. we don't need to go there. Um, yeah. But you know what, uh, I, yeah, what, I, what, I, what, what, you know what I'd like to end with, though? I would like to end with the, uh, just a couple of little things that I see are already better in the world. You know, I, I live in a, um, like I said, I live in a, I live in a suburb, but it's like pretty rural and I've got like fire trails and shit around my house to go hike the dog. I've been hiking my dog for, I've lived here in this neighborhood for almost 10 years and I've been hiking my dogs for every damn near every day for that whole time. And pretty much Monday through Friday, I don't see a soul. I don't. I don't see anybody walking. I don't see anybody hiking their dogs. I don't. You know, on a weekend, I'll run into people. In just this little time that California's been on quarantine and, and on lockdown, I have seen so many people out just walking on the street, like walking their dogs, just a family going by, you know, a mom and a dad and their two or three kids and they're just walking and they're laughing and they're not on their phones and they're not on a screen and they're, and, and like those little moments, you know, it annoys me because now everybody's on my dog trails and so I'm like the fucking dog trails are I'm like, where the, now I got to keep the dogs on the leash. I'm like, you motherfuckers. But I, you know, I'm bitching, but I'm not, you know, because I, I honestly think, you know, I see moms and dads riding bikes with their kids. I went out riding my bike with my kid. My kid hasn't ridden his bike forever, but now that this is going on, it's like, fuck, I just want to get out. I'm bored, dad. Like, let's go. He didn't say fuck, but <laughs> he says, dad, let's, dad, let's go on a, let's go on a ride. And I went and I went on a ride with him and, and there was all kinds of people doing it. And it was, it was amazing. It was, it was fucking beautiful to see everybody reconnecting in a way and you know to see all these big companies you know now we've got a thing where the first hour that a grocery store is open is uh dedicated to just seniors. seniors and i live where i live there's a lot of seniors and and that's a that's a rad thing and in the, those little moments you know i know it's going to be it's going to be a hard two to four years for a lot of reasons it's going to be a bloodbath in, in some ways. And a lot of people are going to probably change industries entirely for the rest of their lives. And, uh, but I, some I of them, who knows, you know, like we're, I, we're we, sitting we here might. right now, both you and me basically saying the same thing. Like we're okay for now. We don't know what's going to happen next, but you know, who knows yeah. a year from now, two years from now yeah. could be entirely different. But, but I genuinely in my heart of hearts believe that the world is going to be a better place when this is all done. That that the things that we 
wanted to fight for, you know, you and I are about, <laughs> what's your, what's your, uh, the metal sucks, the proud Bernie bitch liberals or whatever. <laughs> oh, well, Bernie bitch liberals. Yeah, that was, that was from the, uh, from the trapped, the trapped guy called us that. So, you know, had to roll with it. <laughs> so good. But, uh, you know, those, those, those things that seemed such, such a fringe idea, you know, a few months ago, I think in, in four years are going to be, yeah, there's going to be a lot of it instated. And I think that the world is going to be a lot more fair when it's all said and done for bands and for music and for people in general. And, and, and that's what I believe, you know, that, that it's, I really hope you're right, man. I really do. Uh, well, Rob, thank you so much for joining the quarantine cast. Always good to catch up with you. Uh, definitely got into some good stuff there. So uh, you can look forward to uh, Blabbermouth or who knows, maybe even Metal Sucks uh, running an inappropriate headline. Uh, but uh, thanks again. Uh, stay safe and we will talk to you soon. Right on. Take it easy, man.